Welcome to Hillside Community Church's weekly podcast. We're glad that you've chosen to listen to this week's message and hope that it ministers to you today. Hillside's located in Keller, Texas, and if you would like to know more about us or to listen to previous recordings, please visit us at yourhillside.com. And now, this week's message. Well, as you know, we are in a psalm series, and I'm up this week. So, um, it's kind of comical. I'm going to look at Psalm 119, and it was kind of a joke in the... um, as the pastors started picking their psalms, because everybody's giving me a hard time, that I picked Psalm 119. It's 176 verses. And everybody said, sure, Dave, you would pick the longest chapter in the Bible. Just because I think a couple years ago, you know, I did an overview of the Bible and was going to do it in one week. Well, that didn't happen. And I think it took me two weeks, but it was a very quick part. So we're not going to read the whole 176 verses. So I would encourage you, you got your Bibles today or you got it on your phone or an iPad, it'd be really good for you to turn to Psalm 119 is we're going to go through a lot of different verses and we're going to go through them quick. Um, but let me give you a little background on Psalm 119. You know, when you look at that Psalm, it is an acrostic or really an alphabetical arrangement. And in each of these paragraphs, you have paragraph of about eight verses each And each line comes with, or begins with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So there's 22 paragraphs that correspond to the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's why many kind of biblical scholars call Psalm 119 the Christian's golden alphabet. As it has the kind of the ABCs of the praise, love, power, and the use of the word of God. Because you can't read it too far and see how Psalms is largely a collection of prayers, meditations on the Word of God. So the focus all through this chapter is the Word of God and its impact on the psalmist's life. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, doesn't say at the top that this is a psalm of David, but most biblical scholars believe that David wrote this psalm. It's just, you know, you see David in the tone and expression of the, of the chapter, and it kind of tallies with David's experience in many of the interesting points that we'll look at. So David writes this psalm focusing on the word of God, but it is interesting all these different synonyms that David uses in this chapter for the word of God. So there's, um, you know, one is the law, and if you, the Hebrew translation that is the Torah, you know, and that occurs about 25 times in this chapter, and it's really uh, going back to the teaching of Leviticus and Deuteronomy and the, the Pentateuch, you know, Gen- Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So what's, what's, what, was, what was really um, challenging to me, I guess you'd say, is that, you know, you see that word, the law, and he's talking about the Torah, and he's talking about Leviticus and Deuteronomy. I mean, those aren't the, my two favorite chapters in the Bible. You know what I mean? But you see how David's passion for, how many times he says, I delight after your law. And I'm saying... Really? I mean, um, and it was really convicting to me, and I hope you guys will see this as we go through it, how much David delights and loves God's word. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But there's other words that they use. The word in Hebrew for word is used 20 times. You know, the word saying is, is translated as a promise. Commandment is used 21 times. Statutes occurs 21 times. Literally means things inscribed. Um, judgment occurs 23 times. Uh, precepts, you'll see, occurs 21 times. It's a poetic kind of word that's only used in the, in the book of Psalms. Um, testimony, you see, um, it's there about 23 times. It's kind of a solemn de- a, uh, declaration of the will of God. And then you see the word way and path. 
that is describing the pattern of life marked by God's word. So you see all these ways that David describes God's word and how excited he gets about the impact this book has on his life. But in our culture today, we are finding ourselves to becoming more and more biblically illiterate. You know, um, a couple months ago, we had a guy named Michael Jr. here that did our uh, marriage conference. And um, it's interesting, we found a video of him. He went to um, the largest mall in America and was kind of just testing to see people's knowledge about the Bible. So watch this a second. Yo, so we're at the largest mall in North America, right? And we just thought we'd come around here and kick it with some folks to see what they know. I put these phrases, I just need you to finish them, okay? <laughs> it's gonna be really cool. All right, here we go. Um, God so loved the world that he made it in six days <laughs> made it very nice gave his only son yes what was his son's name gave adam and eve to the, the, the land <laughs> <laughs> laughter is good like a oh cancer i was gonna say but no you cut me off guard there Ice cream sandwich. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to... I have a feeling it rhymes. Do really good stuff. Kinda, you almost close. there. Yeah, you yeah. close. <laughs> I can do all things through... Love. Come on, man, you person. Well, I'm gonna have to tell you a little secret of mine. I'm sort of Jewish, so all things um, with each other. Basketball. I can do all things through basketball. Okay. Jesus Christ. Why was it so hard to say that? <laughs> Greater is he that is in me than he that is in. He that is in me than he that is in. got nothing I don't know <laughs> all right so we laugh at that and we kind of look at you know our biblical knowledge and um, you know we probably even could say some of the answers to those those verses but you know a recent Lifeway research that just happened a few years ago found that only 45 percent of those who regularly attend church read the Bible more than once a week and that almost one in five, 20% of the churchgoers say they never read the Bible, essentially. And, and there's 20% that said they read it every day. So the same amount that read it every day, there's a 20% that never open their Bible during the week that go to church. So David writes these 176 verses with passion and often, you know, speaks of responses that he had toward God in his word. You can see some of these in that, you know, responses that he see. You see the word delight nine times. You see the word love 10, 11 times. You see oh, oh, the word obey or obedience 10 times. You see meditate eight times. You see rejoice three, three times. And you see how David looks at the word of God as renewing him and preserving him numerous times in there. So because we can't go through all 176 verses this morning, I wanted to give you some themes that I see in this chapter in two areas. One is, how do you approach God's word? 
and then the benefits of God's word in our life. So first, let's look in Psalm 119 and look at different ways to approach the Bible and God's word. The first one is in verse 159, with love. You know, it says, Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. I was uh, uh, at lunch with my D group on Friday, and we talked a lot about how that should be what drives us into this book is God's love and what he did for us and, and uh, offer praise for him. So it's really a heart issue. Actually, the word heart is mentioned 15 times in chapter 119 because it's so much driven by the love of God, his love for us to send his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for our sins. It should drive us to love this book. But what's interesting, let me qualify that statement, that even if you today don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can still read this book, and I believe Psalm 55:11 that it will not return void on your life that it will make an impact on your life. So that first aspect of, of um, approaching God's word with love. Second one is sweet. Look at verse 103. It says, how sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So I was thinking about that this week, and, you know, I, I really do have a sweet tooth. You know, I grew up in a home that my mom was a dessert machine. I mean, we would have di dinners, and we'd always have a dessert. There was always a dessert with dinner. And so I developed that, and you can tell by my waistline, that I really like desserts. Like, we, our, our girls go to see Nana, and, we, and the first question is, hey, Nana, do you make any chocolate chip cookies or uh, whoopie pies? Or definitely ice cream. Ice cream is my bad one. In fact, Honduras, everybody gave me a hard time because every evening or sometime in the afternoon, we'd have a break. I said, hey, let's go get some ice cream. And so everybody's like, what's the deal with ice cream? I don't know. It's just uh, uh, for me. And I thought about this week, this week when David's saying this about how the word of God is sweet. I'm like, do I have that same desire of God's word like I do ice cream? You know? And I, and I don't know about you. I fall really short of that. So, you know, something to think about. Do you look forward to getting into God's word like you do going to Andy's Frozen Custard? Those of you that like ice cream, no Andy's frozen custard. So something to think about. David, man, says, hey, it's sweeter than honey. I, 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 I got to have it. Third one, how to approach God. With wonder. Look at verse 129. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. When I think about wonder, I can't help thinking about the ocean or the mountains. You know, I love going to Colorado, getting in the mountains. Next week we're going to Destin and get on the ocean because I love just observing God's creation. And that would drive me to look at God's word like David does here with wonder because it opens up my whole new observation for me of who God is. Again, his love, but again, then his majesty, his power, his creation. So we approach God and, and what it helped in God's word with that, that sense of wonder. Next one is with rejoicing. Look at Psalm um, verse 164. David says, seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. You know, I have to think about that, the way David says that. He stops seven times a day and praises God. You know, in David's background, he was a musician. So he, you have to believe he loved to do that with music. And here he is praising God because of his righteous ordinance. Because of this book, he's praising God seven days. You know, and I think about the video we showed of how, you know, that uh, school in Honduras is starting their day praising God with music and so forth. And I look at my life and 
you know, think about, do I really have that state of mind every day that I would stop seven diet times a day and rejoice because I have access to this book and how he shows himself through to me through that book. Next one is a, with appreciation. Look at verse 24. Your testimonies are my delight. There's that word. They are my counselors. So you see here how we are to approach God's word with appreciation, to delight in it. Again, it really convicts me that do I really want to get up in the morning and really dig into this because it, I delight in it. I appreciate it. And then there it says, you know, it's there to give me counsel. And nothing against professional counseling. We all need it um, times in our lives. Uh, but there are a precedent here that if you want great counsel, get into this book and you'll, and you'll appreciate it even more. Um, next one is prayer and asking for understanding. When you approach God's word, it's important. Look at verse 27. It says, make me understand the way of your precepts so I will meditate on your wonders. So here, the psalmist states that we are to come to God in his word, asking for understanding, so he again can make himself known to us. And I have to admit, when I think about my involvement in this book, is, um, you know, probably my weakest part of it is meditation. You know, I can read, I can study, and so forth. But my aspect of slowing down enough in our society and just taking time to meditate on God's word and, and step back and be quiet before the Lord, asking him to speak through his word is something I don't do very well, but it's a great skill set to have. The other one is, next one is with trust. We'll talk about this even more, but verse 65 says, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. So again, it's coming to God and his word and we can trust what it says he will do. And we'll talk a little bit later about it. And then another one is with obedience. Verse 60 said, I hastened and did not delay to keep your commandments. We must come to God and reading his word and be willing to obey. It does us no good. It's like that passage in James where James says in James 1.23, reading God's word and not putting it into practice is like a person going and looking in the mirror and then walking away and can't, can't remember what he looked like. You know, so how important it is for us not just to read it, not just to study it, but then we put it into practice. And if we obey God's word, we will become to look like Christ-like. We will become looking like Jesus, which should be our desire. And lastly, we should approach God with surety. In verse 89, it says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Have you ever noticed in Revelation 19, 13, when Jesus returns and fights the battle of Armageddon, rides in on the white horse, what his name is, it's the word of God. So it gives us that surety that God's word will be here and be the same yesterday, today, and forever. All the way till the end of time. Something that we can rely on when we're reading this book. So that's just some ways on how to approach God's word. Let me give you real quickly some benefits of God's word. The first one is deliverance. You look at the very last verse of the chapter, it says this. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. So one of the benefits of God's word in your life is if you've strayed away and gotten off track, it's the best mechanism to get you right back on track to deliver you in your life. You know, I always tell people a lot of times, I can grasp my spiritual life in direct relation to how much I'm involved in this book. 
Because I can see in times of my life when my graph was going up and, my, and I, I'm um, seeking God and God's working in my life, I, my time in this book is, is very good. But when I'm going downward and my graph is going down and my spiritual life is not strong, it definitely is related to how much time I'm in this book. So wherever you are, getting back in there in that communion um, can get, deliver you and give you that benefit. The other one is salvation. If you look at verse 41, it goes back to that first point we made. May your loving kindness also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. I love this verse because, again, it ties God's loving kindness into God's salvation. It is what we were talking about earlier. It's about God's love, his love for us to send his son Jesus Christ to die for us and provide us that salvation. So I'd encourage you this morning that if you haven't accepted that love and grace, that opening up God's word is the best way to do this, show you that love. Next benefit is truth. Psalm 151 says, You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. How many of them? Three quarters of them, half of them, which ones I pick and choose? No, he says all my commandments are truth. That's tough in our culture today. You know, you talk to people and say, well, that might be true to you for you, but that's not really true for me. And that's tough in our society, but, you know, biblically, the Bible is pretty emphatic that all his word is truth. So you just can't pick what you want in the Bible. Say, oh, I like the Jesus guy, but to claim he was God, well, I don't know if I can go there. Or, you know, I can step out there and see the impact the disciples had. I think he could rise from the dead, but being born of a virgin or walking on water, eh, I don't know if I can go there. So you see the whole, you know, you see Genesis 1 and the account is nice, but can I believe that whole thing about creation? Was there really an ark? So you can't begin, one thing the Bible provides us is truth in our lives and direction. And I think it's, you know, one of the things I know Pastor Pete's away on his study break and one of the things he wants to come back sometime and do a series on, can you really believe the Bible? But the Bible and this psalmist is very emphatic about all truth is in his word. And that gives us a great foundation in our life that I will, what I believe today based upon God's word will not change because of the latest cultural change in our society. And even as, as Christians, we got to watch if we're getting, trying to get truth from the internet or I love that, the, you know, Hollywood is trying to do some faith-based movies that are really good and, and, and I love seeing that, but you got to watch trying to get your biblical truth like the doctrine of God or the doctrine of Trinity from a movie. You got to go to God's word for that. That's where you're going to find truth and that's what this psalmist says. Next one is hope. Verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. You know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, and I, somebody's going to come up and just share a story later on about when you're going through stuff in life, there's nothing better than getting in God's word and relying on, it, on his word to get you through that, to give you that hope. Next one is direction. Verse 105 is probably one of the familiar verses. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Daniel talked about this last week about if you really want God's direction in your life is to go into this book and find it. You know, he talked about last week, you open the book and say, should I go to seminary or not? And you open it up and said, and he went away and hung himself. You know, I mean, that's not the way to get direction. But I guarantee you, like Daniel said last week, is if you open this book, it'll give you some surety that, you know, um, that God will direct your life, that like the verse says, I know the plans for you, plans to, you know, 
prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future. That reading this book just gives you that direction and surety of life. Next one is righteousness. You can see that in verse 137. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgment. Another benefits of God is it shows us how to live. Not to live with, around a bunch of do's and don'ts, but to live a way that, that, that is righteous like the Lord with his love and mercy in our lives. Next one, which is good for the guys, especially if you ever read 9 through 11, it talks about purity. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word with all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. In a very familiar verse, maybe, your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you love those verses, and especially in our society, especially you young men and men in general, there is so much temptation out there. He says, how do you want, if you want to live a pure life, get God's word in your life and have it ready. Somebody's going to talk and share a little bit about how they do that in their life here in a little bit. And then the last benefit, and it's really verse one. Biggest benefit of God's word is the blessing on your life, you know, because verse 1 says, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the way of the Lord. Sounds like Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes. You want to live a blessed life? It's saying, you know, get in and walk in the law of the Lord. Not just read it or study it, memorize it, but it's about walking. It's about doing. It's about putting it in practice. So as you go through Psalm 119, hopefully you can see the power of God's word, the passion David has about it and the importance of it in our daily lives. So kind of to close our service today, I wanted to invite a few people up here because I wanted you to hear a little bit from them related to what they use in their lives to have God's word in your life. You're like saying, dude, you're a pastor. You're supposed to read the Bible. Um, but I thought it was good to say, have you guys listen and hear from some people about how they do that. So I've asked a couple people if you would come up and grab those stools if you would, the guys, and I just want you to hear a little bit about how they do this in their daily lives. Come up here, do that. I'm gonna just stand. So um, I've asked these folks to come up. Um, and maybe I'll start with my wife. My wife is the one in the blue. She leads the ladies' ministry here. Doesn't she look good today? She looks beautiful, doesn't she? Yeah. Got to get some brownie points for lunch. So, You're so um, sweet. So I've asked these guys to kind of share. I'm going to ask my wife to start. My wife, I see this every day. It was easy to get her up here. But you know what she does is study God's word. You know, she um, takes time and really studies. So Jill, share a little bit about um, what you do in your daily life to kind of study God's Word and get it into your life and the impact it has? Well, I think the first thing is that it is a daily thing. And I love the analogy that Cody gave a few weeks ago when he said, it's not like a camel where you go and you just get all the water and then you keep that for weeks and weeks or whatever, like a camel does. It doesn't need to go and get water every day, but like a deer and going daily. And, and then the second thing I would say is like, just to slow down. I know for me, I, I like to read it out loud. And so I might just read a couple verses. And so practically speaking, just that who, what, where, when, how, and why, when I'm reading God's word really helps me understand it. Yeah. But um, he fills me up in the morning. I, I have to have it every day. And just like food, it just becomes a part of your daily routine. So 
It's what, the sweetest part of my what day. What I see in Jill's life, I mean, there's not a Bible study the ladies do that she hasn't done already. So she used Bible studies to get her into God's Word. So it's just a great way to do that. Um, let me introduce the next guy. This is kind of a spur of the moment thing. This is my son-in-law, actually, uh, Mickey, um, and he lives in Lubbock. He, um, he and my daughter live in Lubbock, so he was actually here this morning. Um, so I said, hey, you want to get up on stage? So kind of threw him into the fire. But this is something we've been doing. Um, you know, Mickey and Abby have been married a little over a year, but a, probably a year and a half or two years ago, you know, he had me read a book, and I said, hey, have you ever read Proverbs? There's some good stuff in Proverbs. So we started reading a chapter a day and emailing each other about it. And then he asked the CFO and another, he works for a car dealership in Lubbock and, and a pretty big organization. And, and then another guy that he works with, that he oversees their internet sales. So all of a sudden, we've been doing this for, I don't know, a year and a half. We've gone through the New Testament, reading a chapter a day, and then emailing each other about what God spoke to us that way. I think we're in 2 Samuel 5 right now. But Mickey, share a little bit um, about how that has benefited you getting into God's Word, the consistency there, and, and the impact it's having on your life. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, when me and Dave first started this thing, we really didn't know, you know, how long it would last or whatnot, and that more people would get involved. And I think for us, um, you know, we're really busy throughout the day. Um, you know, once our day starts, it's, it's going. Um, and then after you get off work, you're pretty tired, right? And so you want to come home and, and relax. And what we typically do is in the mornings, we'll read a passage a day and then share our thoughts on that. And that really has helped us stay grounded in God's word um, and, and really keep, keep things in perspective to say, hey, you're not too busy for God, right? Like you can start your day off with God's word and then that will really translate into what your actions are throughout that day. And also we've shared a lot of that with our teams. And so it's helped our team and it's, it's really helped our company. Um, we've gotten a, a pastor for our company and um, even our CEO was in the Bible study for a while. So um, it's been awesome to kind of see it uh, work in all of our lives. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I just asked him yesterday to do that. So I appreciate it. Then many of you know Phil. Um, Phil Kane's involved in our men's ministry, leads one of our men's study. But what I love about Phil is just his use of meditation and memorizing scripture, especially dealing with that whole passage in temptation. So Phil, share a little bit about how you do that, how has it benefited and really impacted your life. Do I have half an hour? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you got about two minutes. Okay, so first of all, uh, memorizing God's word, you need a partner, you need to review, 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 you know, the old real estate rule, location, location, location. Anyway, the rules of memorizing are review, review, review. And uh, when I meditate the most probably is um, when I go to bed or in the middle of the night. Um, so you have to have something unless you want to turn the light on and read your Bible. You have to have something packed away there in your brain. Um, Colossians 3, 12 to 14 have become precious to me. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And a lot of you guys know my past, and it's pretty dark, and I don't want to share that today. But God has used these verses to transform me. For example, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That was not true of me, at least in my own estimation. So as I meditate on God's word, he applies that word to my heart and changes me. 
He's transforming me from the inside out. And I think that's the beauty and value and power of God's Word, memorizing and meditative on it. Great. I appreciate that. And if you need help with that, Phil loves talking to guys about getting incorporating that memorization and meditation into your life. Wanted to have a young guy here. This is Cody Bland. You may know him from our creative arts pastor. But I feel like Cody's on the, on the fringe of what's out there. And, and today in technology, there's so much available to be able to incorporate God's Word in your life. And so, Cody, share a little bit about what you found, what you use, and, and so forth, and the impact it has. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us out there probably have looked at, you know, the basic Bible app that's out there, but we were talking, it was fun to talk with some people on staff and then some of you guys in the church about what you use um, to keep, you know, God's word at the focus. And so there's other apps out there that we're like, hey, let's just mention a couple of them. The top one is the one that you, you know, mostly know, but it was really cool because I was talking with someone after this first service and uh, they were like, you know, not just reading God's word, but listening to it. I mean, it provides it in the, in the audio form. Some of us, it's really hard to read through, but to be able to meditate it on that way, let it be in our ears is a pretty powerful thing. Um, the bottom one, actually, let me touch on that one first, the Faithful Study Bible. That's really cool because it adds a little bit of commentary. It gives somebody that gives you some notes on what you're reading. There's pictures, there's maps. So it really supplies you with a lot of stuff if you want that context. And then the middle two um, kind of take a different angle on Scripture instead of just simply giving you the passage. The first five one, and it was funny, I was talking with Jody, there's a first 15. So what it is is the first five minutes of your day, the first 15 minutes of your day, um, it gives you some passages to work through and some questions to think about and just apply that, um, you know, in that way. All of these have notifications. So if some of you are like, I forget, you can literally set them up to remind you throughout the day, which is powerful. And then the one that I just started on and actually our life group's going to be using as our curriculum uh, base for the fall and spring is uh, Read Scripture, which was made by Francis Chan and some guys. And what's cool about this one is it sets you up to read through the Bible once every year. So our life group is going to go through this together, and this is what we're going to commit to, to where when we meet together, we're able to talk about the same stuff. We can text each other throughout the week and ask how that passage is going. And it supplies you with some videos um, that are kind of animated that walk you through, you know, what you're learning about, what the setup is for this passage. And it kind of does what Seamless does, which Jill has used in their women's Bible studies, is it takes you through a chronological order, kind of something that helps you understand, you know, historically and, and you know, thematically what is going on, because sometimes those Old Testament books can be tricky. So technology, there's some powerful stuff there. And then one thing I would recommend is um, with the Bible app, download some of those translations so that you're not reliant on the connection, you know, to a network or to Wi-Fi, um, which allows you to, if you're camping out in the middle of nowhere and you forgot the book, you still got your phone with the, with the book on it. So there's a lot of cool stuff. That's great. And Cody's a great resource if you need that. Um, he's, he's definitely out there that knows, knows what can be provided. Um, this guy's Matt Kelton. Uh, Matt and I have been in a D group for I don't know how long, a couple years maybe. Um, and just been cool to see as a young father. He's a Texas Tech grad as well. Guns up, you know, that type of thing. Um, but he, um, you know, I wanted Matt to share as a young father, um, as a young husband, um, the impact God's word has had on your life, and I guess as well the impact our group has in keeping that there. How's that benefited you, Matt? So uh, probably a couple of years ago, um, I started diving into the word. I didn't really have a very personal relationship with God at that point. Um, it was probably more of an agnostic kind of viewpoint. Um, through reading the word, 
you know, I started discovering the characteristics of God and, and just really who he is. Um, got involved in a D group, got some guys involved in my life to keep me accountable. So, uh, you know, we're able to kind of mix it up and, and um, make sure that we're staying in the word, bounce things off of each other. It's really good to have people uh, to, to give you different interpretations of the word, different interpretations of scripture. It's really cool to see how many different things come out of, you know, two or three passages that we might read. So, um, just having those guys in my life has just been, you know, made a huge impact. Um, something that Misty said this morning was, you know, she could see the change in me. She could see how, you know, I changed into um, the spiritual leader of our family instead of just kind of sitting back and, and being kind of reactive and letting things happen. Um, definitely made an impact in my life. It's made an impact in my marriage. It's made an impact in, in my relationship with my children. Um, it's given me patience, uh, given me grace with them. So, you know, it's just made a huge, huge change in me. Yeah, that's cool. And Matt kind of leads our softball group. So you can see, you know, how his impact is now, you know, trying to reach out to other guys that are in our softball team. Um, last one I want to share or have you share is, um, <clears throat> is um, Jennifer. And um, I told her not to get emotional. Here I go. Um, but, you know, we talked about God providing hope. And, um, you know, Jennifer's on our staff. She oversees the first impressions in our church. And uh, her and Bart, Bart's the head football coach at, at Central High School. And um, just great people in our community. Um, but, you know, about the end of May, they have a 19-year-old son that all of a sudden had a seizure and developed a tumor in her brain, in his brain. And so to see Bart and Jennifer, especially Jennifer, and some of the emails she shared about getting through that and the power of God's word as she's going through that, I just wanted Jennifer to share a little bit, if she can do better than I'm doing. I don't know. And just share a little bit the impact that has had. Well, first off, I just, I can't help but to say thank you um, to Hillside for uh, many of you have been praying for our family and we have I would not be standing here. Sam would not be where he is. And the rest of our boys and Bart uh, would not be here without your prayers and your encouragement. Um, but when you are going through a valley, um, like our family is going through, which we have been through one before and we know that there will be more um, along the way, you just get stripped away of, of everything as far as um, you're fearful. You're, you, you just find yourself just... Uh, relying solely on the things that God has written on your heart. Um, like you can't think about anything else. You're, like I said, you're fearful, you're anxious, you're um, feel alone. Um, you're just, you're just in a place of, of constant chaos and your mind's going down a, a million different rabbit holes. And, um, and so what I found is relying on, like I said, what God has written on my heart, what I know to be true um, that he loves us, that he's bigger than this emotion that I'm feeling, um, that we can trust him, that he has already, um, you know, fought this battle and won. Um, simple things like you just narrow it down to those, then you just depend on it. And that's all found in his word. I think uh, many times that I had to just find myself saying, I trust you, Lord, I trust you, Lord. And I hear him say, be still and know that I am God, that I have got this. Um, one of the scriptures that I've held on to a lot through this is um, 
is the Jeremiah 17, 7, I believe. I'm terrible at recalling, but this one has really been on my heart a lot. And it was about bearing fruit even, you know, in a drought, even in this hard time. And, and that's where the writing has been helpful for me. And I've always I brought my journal up here this time, but I spent a lot of time just writing when I don't know what to pray about. And I know many of you have walking through valleys and it's like you come to God with, I, I don't even know, like you don't even know when you have time to, to go to him and pray. You're just all over the place. Like I said, your mind's taking you down a, mil- a million different paths. But sometimes those moments just come briefly and it's just like an encouragement from the many, many friends and relationships and family members and and hillsiders that have sent us text messages with scripture. Um, Just someone just sending encouragement. Those are moments that I feel God's presence and I feel hopeful and I feel him um, reminding me of his truths. And, um, And so sometimes it's just that. It's just a simple thing, seeing his creation that gives us hope. Um, a, a bird, a flower, a tree, just um, a smile from someone. Um, just like I said, stripping down everything in the middle of a valley, you start to just see those simple things that God has promised you. You have to open up your, your eyes to see them, your ears to hear them, um, your heart, your hand to receive, and, and he's there. And all of that, you know, comes from his word. And we're so thankful to be in a community where we have that, um, where we have God's word constantly being taught to us, but also just encouraged um, through, through prayer and through you guys. And um, we're just very thankful for that. All right. Why, can you give these folks a hand? I really appreciate them sharing. And hopefully you see those different avenues of, um, of how God works through his word. Um, as we close, I just want to challenge you today on where you are with God's word. Hopefully you've seen how to approach God's word, but the benefits uh, of God's word in your daily life. Um, and so, you know, the one thing you heard all through that is, um, oops, got it in the wrong way. Maybe I messed it up. There's a verse in verse 68 that says about how important community is in your life. You heard that all through here, how just having, here it is, I'm a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. So having someone in your life that encourages that time with God is so important. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have that, take your phone out right now and text, some, text a, somebody in your life that says, hey, I'm not good at this, and I need some accountability in that. If you don't have that, we can find somebody for you at Hillside. Just go back to the Connect area, and we'll do that. But how important it is to have that communi- community to encourage you to stay in God's Word. Because I guarantee you, if you get in God's Word, it will not return void. It'll make a huge difference in your life. So, and I think that's just finding time for it, you know? Um, And I know you feel like, hey, you don't know my schedule. I I guarantee if you find time for it. My wife, I just got her a Fitbit for Mother's Day and her birthday. And so she just learned how to use it. And, you know, she's walking around the kitchen trying to get her steps in, you know? And I'm like, dude, what is this? But wouldn't it be cool if you had a spiritual Fitbit that you could wear and it would track how much time you spend in God's word every day? And then maybe also track in comparison to how much time maybe you're spending in social media or Netflix. That hurts. You know, we have the time. It's just a matter of prioritizing it 
and, and having some accountability around it. And I guarantee you, it will start making changes in your life if you commit to it and be in God's word. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for our time today and just looking at the power of your, God, power of your word and the changes it can make in our lives, the impact it can have in our lives. And Lord, I just pray for all of us that we'll just step back, look at our time and where we're spending it and, and get some time with you. Even if it's five, 10, 15 minutes to start out, Lord, just having that time to have God, your word just make changes in our lives. And I just pray for those that need that community, that need that encouragement to stay in, that you would provide that, that we would seek it out and you would provide it. And I just thank you again for the power of your word. Pray, Lord, that we would delight in it this week. In Jesus' name, amen.